On this episode, we have Sarah Hum, CEO and founder of Canny.io, a product management software tool for software PMs. Sarah and I discussed how she was able to study design in college and how she was able to land a job at Google and Facebook, a world where she was unfamiliar with having grown up in Canada. Quite frankly, she didn't even know that tech companies needed designers until she got her first internship at Google. Throughout her journey, she demonstrates her commitment to her true self by exploring her interests and passions. Lastly, we dive into her entrepreneurial journey. We first take a look at how she was able to find her co-founder, Andrew, and work on a number of different products to see what worked until she got to Canny. Now, as a CEO of a multi-million dollar ARR company, she is constantly learning how to engage her employees, all the while staying fully bootstrapped. And here's the advice she'd give to her younger self. Explore and take risks early. Find what you enjoy and worry less about whether or not it fits within the confines of how others see the world. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, let's start from the very beginning. So tell us about where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Yeah. Um, so I'm born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Um, my growing up was very typical, I guess. I don't know. It was very, it was very chill. My parents um, aren't, you know, the typical Asian parents. They don't force anything on me or anything like that. Um, I, they, I mean, they immigrated early in their life, like my dad, especially. And so I don't think they really had those kind of traditional Asian notions of like, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a lawyer. Um, I was very much like very independent. I was able to do whatever, you know, the heck I wanted. Um, and so I, yeah, I just kind of navigated life. I, you know, I, enjoyed kind of more artistic side of things. Um, I enjoyed being kind of creative and stuff like that. Um, so even though, you know, it felt like everyone was doing math, science, all that kind of stuff, like, sure. It was like, I thought I was pretty good at it and, um, I enjoyed it for a little bit, but then I realized that like career wise, I wanted to kind of have more of a creative outlet. So I stumbled into design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. You, you know, yeah. when you were growing up and you were pursuing design, uh, what yeah. kind of career aspirations did you have? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know design was even a potential field, I guess, that I could really mm. pursue. Um, you know, entering high school, I was very much like, oh, I guess I'll be an accountant. You know, like I'm good at math. I can be an accountant. Um, and I'm so grateful that I did not go down that path. Um, but, you know, art had always been like this thing I enjoyed doing on the side. It was nothing that I took too seriously. It was mm. just something that I had fun doing and something that I didn't think I could build a career out of. Um, but, you know, stumbling into design, I was, I'm super happy I did and, and was able to explore, you know, being creative, but also, you know, design for a purpose. Um, and so, yeah, I just stumbled into design and then stumbled into tech and I guess long, long story short, here I am. <laughs> and so take us through kind of your college mm -hmm. experience. So you studied design yeah. in college as well. Um, and yep. so throughout college, uh, you must've had some exposure to what could come after college in terms of job prospects. And so what were your thoughts through, throughout that, uh, that time? Yeah, period? honestly, my program was very graphic design focused, um, and they were very much behind, I would say, in terms of the industry and what other options designers had. Um, I was not exposed to tech at all. Um, really, how I got into tech was, you know, I had a lot of friends 
pursuing engineering. And so they were all doing internships in the Bay um, and they were, you know, participating in hackathons. And, you know, one, one day out of nowhere, people, a few, a few people that I knew they were participating in a hackathon and they wanted a designer. And so who else did they know but me, you know, <laughs> like there weren't many people that um, pursued design. Mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so I was like, sure, like that sounds like a thing. And so I actually flew out to San Francisco for that hackathon and my eyes, I guess, were opened. <laughs> it was just like all of a sudden, whoa, like this, this whole tech thing, there's a bunch of designers here. Um, back in Canada, back in Toronto, like people didn't really know tech was a thing even mm. back, like not even, you know, like this was maybe six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did my first internship at Google. Mm. Um, and this was something that we had to do for school. And when people asked me, you know, what, where are you, where are you doing your internship? Um, I was like, Oh, I'm doing it at Google. And they're like, what are you doing there? <laughs> like they had no idea that Google had designers. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was kind of a big eye-opening moment for me to just go into the, go to the Valley and see kind of what was up there. Um, and then I was able to kind of expand my knowledge of tech, um, and school was, of course, still behind. And so I had to do a lot of this stuff on my own. Um, but, you know, participating in the program, I got a lot of my design fundamentals and that, hmm. you know, applies into any aspect of design. Got it. So yeah. that's awesome. I mean, let's fast forward to, you know, your time at Facebook, because um, yeah. I think that kind of parlays well into your current work now. Mm-hmm. So you are, are steeped in uh tech design and understanding yeah. and navigating that terrain. What were some of the learnings from your years at Facebook in terms of design and, and work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, I think working at Facebook was less about learning how to design and more about how to navigate people. Mm. Um, Facebook is a huge company. Everyone knows that. Um, in order to get things done there, there's a lot of, you know, yeah, navigating people that you work with, making sure that privacy and legal and all that stuff is looped into your design work. Um, it's less about the actual craft, I feel. Hmm. You know, like Facebook, there are design systems. You know, we don't invent new buttons, for example. Like things are designed. The hmm. visual look of things are are in place. And, you know, they're in place for a reason. You want the user experience to feel consistent across, you know, whether you're work, you're looking at Facebook on um, uh, on the groups you know portion versus the newsfeed, whatever it is, everyone wants to have a consistent look, um, and so there wasn't craft in, that I learned in terms of you know visual design um, experience. Yes, like people, there are very talented designers there and people who are really really smart, um, and so I think learning how to you know build good user experiences, I think was a good thing, um, but mainly yeah, like learning how to ship in a big company, it's very different from, you know, anywhere else like school, right. It's just like, Oh, this is my project. This is my concept. Mm. Here you go. Here's my project. Uh, but at Facebook, like that's not how things are done. You know, people, millions and billions of people use these features. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be a lot more thought put into, you know, everything behind the scenes. Interesting. So at Facebook, yeah. obviously every feature is used at a massive scale. Right. Yeah. And so how did the birth of canny come about? I mean, Canny is a product (laughs) management tool uh, that serves mainly SaaS companies Mm -hmm. to understand Mm -hmm. feature requests and prioritize roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So talk to us a little bit about the birth of Canny. 
Yeah. I mean, I think I had always wanted to build something. Mm. I had always wanted to start a company of some sort. Um, my, I mean, if you look back at my parents, like they're technical entrepreneurs, like they're not in tech or anything like that, but you know, my grandparents, they had a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were very entrepreneur minded. Um, so maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> uh, but I was always, you know, when, even when I entered Facebook, I told my manager, you know, I'm going to start my, my own company one day. Mm. Like this is like one of my first one ones with my manager. I told him that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was always kind of dabbling, like hacking on things on the side, like working with other people to figure out who would be, you know, a good co-founder for me, mm. um, somebody that I would partner well with. Um, and so, you know, Andrew and I met working at Facebook and, uh, we like to hack things, hack on things together. Like we just built some random dumb projects on the side. We participated in some hackathons together. Um, and Candy was really, honestly, it's a kind of a long story, but I ended up starting the earlier version of Canny, um, previously called Product Pains, back in school. Mm. I had done my Facebook internship, which is where I met Andrew, my current co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do some project for credit at school. And I was like, you know, here's my proposal. I'm going to make product pains, basically the, what eventually became canny. Um, and yeah, that was really like, we just hacked together some, some dumb thing for school. And then I went back to work at Facebook full time and product pains kind of went on the back burner, but then Andrew quit Andrew quit Facebook. Uh, and he was like, well, what do I work on? And we, you know, we, we liked the idea of product pains, product pains aimed to, collect feedback from the public mm-hmm. and surface that to companies. So the end goal was for, you know, companies like Uber, companies like Yelp to like do something about their products to improve the experience for users. Um, this was just a place for anybody to give feedback to any product. Um, and so he kind of picked that up and ran with that for about a year and a half until I quit. Um, and then taking our learnings from product pains, we flipped it kind of on its head into like the SaaS model um, and made it into what Canny is today, uh, which is working out great. <laughs> I mean, you, you make it sound so simple and so Yeah, so yeah. Easy. I mean, it's a long um, story. <laughs> tell us about that point where you were like, yeah. I am ready to quit Facebook, right? Because I mean, yeah. that's everyone's dream to work at Facebook. Uh, yeah. Suddenly, I mean, with your background, having internship at Google. So it must have not been a, a, a very short uh, thought process. So what was yeah. going through your, your mind when you were like, hey, this is the right time to, to quit this? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, keep in mind, Andrew had been working on it on the side on mm-hmm. his own. Um, and I was kind of dabbling on it on my off time. Um, and so at some point he was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I've been doing this for a year and a half. Do I, I like, I can't really keep waiting for you, right? It's not really fair to him. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, it's just not really fair to him for me to be like, oh, just wait, like I'll quit Facebook one day. Um, and so it was kind of, we we're kind of at the point where he was like, okay, well, I am either going to find another co-founder or you can join me. And at that point I was kind of like, okay, like we're, we're still making any money on product pains, keep in mind. Um, and <laughs> we had, you know, we had a hunch that we could, you know, turn it into something that made money. Um, that was the risk. That was a big risk was we weren't making any money. And I was going from, you know, a high paying job mm-hmm. to a no paying job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was really like, okay, Andrew was kind of like, well, like to be fair, like 
either I continue and try to make this something with someone else, or, you know, you come and join me. And I was like, okay, you know what, let's just, let's just give it a try. Like I had come to a point at Facebook where I wasn't growing that much. Um, and I realized that working at a company like Facebook doesn't prepare you to be a founder. Mm. Um, the best thing I guess I could take out of Facebook were the people that I met there and my network that I built there, but the skills that you use at Facebook aren't really applicable to starting a company. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like, you know what? Like I've been here for a year and a half. I've seen what I've seen. Let's just, let's just give it a try. Yeah. Interesting. So at that point, the company wasn't making much money. And so how do you figure out what to focus on? Right. I mean, um, there are a million different ways to take this product uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to getting feedback from a general public. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at what point do you decide that, hey, let's focus on B2B SaaS companies as a place where you're going to spend time and resources on? Well, so Product Pains was like we were trying to make changes in Uber, you know, and like that just that just doesn't, doesn't work super well. What did work was somebody, some people like stumbled upon product pains and Mm. they were like, well, why don't I build a profile on product pains and let my users give me feedback through product pains. And we're like, okay, cool. You know, these products that we've never heard of that just sign up and (laughs) and kind of use our tool kind of backwards, right? Like instead of the users giving feedback and then the company being like, oh, there's feedback here. The company starts on product pains and tells the users, hey, you know, we're collecting feedback over here. Why don't you give us feedback? Which of course makes so much more sense uh, because the feed, like the company is there listening already versus just like you're screaming into a black hole, hoping that companies will eventually come take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they came to us really. And then what it was, was they were like, okay, well, we want to put this on our site. Is there like an embeddable widget or something mm. that we can put on our site? And we're like, no, but like, would you pay for that? <laughs> And they, they, they ended up paying for that. And so we built this widget that we sold for $20 a month, $19 a month. Um, and a few people paid. And so that was kind of like light bulb, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we have been positioning this all wrong. Mm. Um, product pains was a community. It was, you know, anybody we built, we maybe had 5,000 something users giving feedback at, at, at the end of it. Um, and very few companies actually listening to that feedback. And so basically we flipped it on its head and was like, okay, you know, B2B companies, you sign up to use Canny and collect feedback from your customers. So the moment we started making money, it was like, okay, something's working, right? If somebody's giving you money, you're solving a problem for them. And so that is what really sent us on this path to focus on companies that looked like, you know, the companies that started paying us. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually it has narrowed, narrowed down, narrowed down to B2B SaaS. It just makes a lot of sense, right? B2B is very, like you're paying for a problem to be solved. You know what is blocking you from doing that. And so mm-hmm. you're able to give really, really good feedback. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what became canny. <laughs> So the, the fascinating part for me is um, yeah. having to pick up the knowledge on running a company, right? You went from being a graphic mm-hmm. designer at Facebook to running and becoming yes. a CEO of a company that has, <laughs> um, I think, what, like a dozen employees now, close to it? Yeah, we're and at so, 10 now. Yeah, and so how do you learn how to do that? There is no school to be CEOs, right? Ooh, so no. <laughs> uh, everything from legal to security <laughs> questions yes. to now compensation and everything else in between. Yeah. Where do you pick up that knowledge? 
yeah, I mean, long story short is like, we are still faking it to this day. You know, <laughs> we just like, we pick it up. We, we read articles. We talk to friends who have done it. You know, we just like as challenges come, we figure out how to solve it. Mm-hmm. So it's less like a proactive thing and more a reactive thing. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to hire. Oh, okay, what goes into hiring? Okay, we need, a, we need to figure out how to pay and we need to figure out, you know, how does equity work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is content out there. You know, this is not, I'm not trying, like this is not new territory, you know? And so people have, have written about it. Um, and yeah, very much like we are still learning how to be managers and we are mm-hmm. still learning, you know, how does security work at a, you know, at a company who is holding all this data, all that kind of stuff. So day by day, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a designer. I have no, ex- I, I, I know what I appreciate in a manager. Mm. I've never been a manager, but I can say, okay, this is how I would like to be managed. So I can, you know, apply that. Mm-hmm. And as a designer, I feel like you, you, you need to be able to empathize with users, with other people. And so we're able to just make smart decisions. Like we use our gut a lot Mm -hmm. um, and we are very open to feedback, right? So as a feedback company, of course, but like (laughs) our, our employees, like if they have issues, like I very much encourage them to say something to us. Like I never want something to be a surprise Um, on both sides. We give feedback, they give feedback. We, iterate you know if mm-hmm. something if if a meeting is not necessary let's get rid of it you know not a big deal and so a lot of it's play by ear a lot of it's like listening to our gut and learning as as we go awesome one of the characteristics that i've noticed about canny uh since mm-hmm. its inception to now is the allergic reaction towards outside funding and so <laughs> what is kind of your, uh, tell me about a little bit about your commitment to being bootstrap company, yeah. doing over a million dollars in AR today. Um, yeah. I'm sure you get that question a lot. And I'm sure from other VCs too, who are trying to throw money at you guys. Um, and so why is that the case? And is that going to yeah. be for uh, the foreseeable future? Yeah. I like that you call it an allergic reaction. I've never heard that. Um, no, I mean, it's, like we've been in the valley, right? We've seen it. We've our friends, our friends are doing it. It's it's not, it's just not a path that we think is for us. You know, like there's something that changes in your life when you try to become a billion dollar business, which is of course what all VCs want, right? Um, they're looking to invest in the next unicorn or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I mean, this doesn't mean that we're not ambitious, right? I think that's the big misconception here is, Mm. oh, because we didn't raise money. Oh, we are a lifestyle business and therefore we're not ambitious. Like we are, we are very much. It's just like, we prefer to run our own lives. Mm. We prefer not to have to talk to investors every quarter or whatnot. Mm. Um, We prefer being able to pay people with the money that we make versus Mm. this money that we owe. Um, And so it's just, it's just a way better life in my opinion. I don't know. I, I am very, very proud that we're able to build mm-hmm. a team with the money that we make on our product. Mm-hmm. It also shows that people are paying for the product because it solves a problem versus like using money that we've raised from cap, like from VCs. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, it shows that our business has its own legs, right. Versus like relying on outside money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also means that we have the whole pie. Mm-hmm. And we can give more of that pie to the people that actually work on it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's most of the reason I would say. Super neat. So one of the things that I've learned from uh, founders is that mm-hmm. they shape the company culture based on the things they didn't like before. And mm-hmm. so one of the CEOs that I that I talked to before is, hey, we give 
employees, remote first environments, because that's what I wanted. And I didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Candy is very much very similar. They're your remote first mm-hmm. company. Uh, they mm-hmm. can work and live anywhere. You do have mm-hmm. company on sites together to, to build culture and meet each other mm-hmm. in person. Um, talk to me about kind of the inspiration behind some of the company culture and values today. Yeah. I mean, the remote thing was always like flexibility. Mm. I mean, for, for us, we like when it was just, it was still just me and Andrew, um, we were living in one of the most expensive cities in the world <laughs> yeah. and making no money. So it just didn't make no, it made, it made no sense. So we left to travel the world for two, two years, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not something that you can do like at a traditional, you know, job. And so it was, I don't know if we really set up for it to be a remote company. Like we weren't really like, oh, we're definitely going to be remote. It just kind of happened naturally. Mm. We wanted the flexibility ourselves. We wanted to be able to travel. But at the same time, we wanted a team and we're not going to take the team with us, obviously. So (laughs) yeah, it just made sense to start hiring and hire remotely, um, which has worked super well for us. And, you know, pre and post pandemic like the it for us i mean of course it's, it's been a terrible thing for us though it's been mostly business as usual because we've mm. had all this stuff in place because you know we were able to build a culture out of um just being remote versus like trying to scramble because of the pandemic and figure out you know how to be a team mm-hmm. uh we had all that already operating and so uh very grateful for that um but culture-wise i think it's just like it's very much about the people that you hire right is we put a lot of stress in whether people are a good fit for our culture and you can kind of feel that. I don't know how to explain it really. There's no mm. like checkbox, you know, it's just like, does this feel right? Like, does it feel like we would want to hang out with this person outside of work? Does it feel like we would want to go get a drink together, mm-hmm. you know? And then just from hiring like that, I feel like is um, how we've built our team culture today. I don't know if this is super scalable, but um, it's worked well so far. And like, I, like everyone on our team is so great. And Mm -hmm. I miss, I really miss having those in-person team retreats. Um, But once, once the world opens up a little bit more, I'm excited to, to do those again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And as an entrepreneur, what were some of the Mm -hmm. things that uh, surprised you in your journey so far? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, hiring has been like a blessing and a curse almost it's it's not that you add a person and all your problems go away Mm. you know you don't just hire and like that whole area of the business I don't have to think about anymore it doesn't it just doesn't work like that um and we're very much still learning how to empower people on our team how to make them feel like you know the experts in their space um And so the biggest thing for me is just learning how to navigate people. You know, people Mm. are so unexpected. Like I'm a maker, right? I know how to make something look good. And I'm very much in control of that. Like, I know what the outcome is going to be. I'm in control every step of the way, but with people, it's like, you never know (laughs) up and down, left and right. You never know. Um, And so that's been a big, like learning. I I don't know if it should be a surprise, but yes, it's something that's very top of mind is, Mm -hmm. um, how to make sure everyone's happy, how to make sure everyone, um, can be effective at their job, make sure everyone feels, you know, just fulfilled. So yeah, it's a hard thing, but it's, it's very rewarding at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I bet. The the last question that I ask every every guest、mm-hmm. is: if、yeah. you were to give advice to your younger self, either starting out this journey as an entrepreneur、yeah. or、yeah. even that eighteen year old、uh, college student who had no idea what graphic design will take you, what would、yeah. that be? Yeah, I think I think I would just put myself out there more. I don't know. I feel like I was very timid. Growing up,、mm. it was very much like, "Oh, go with the flow," and you know, other people are doing math, so I will do math.、Mm. Um, and I didn't learn until you know, almost my last year of high school that I was like, "Oh, I kind of like art stuff. Like maybe there's something to do in art stuff."、Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I was just, I was just, I just held myself back. I think a lot of times that's what it is. Is you know, you're your own blocker.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if I had gotten out there much earlier and started meeting other people and just exploring other avenues of life, like I would be. A lot further ahead than I am now. I mean, that's like I'm not upset with where I am now, but like it, it would have gone, would have been exposed more. I would have had, you know, more insight into different areas of work. Like I probably would have picked up like more marketing skills and、mm. stuff like that. That's just not so obvious when it comes to when you're in, when you're in high school. It's kind of like oh, math and science, <laughs> obviously.、Um, but there's so much more out there. Mm. Um, and I'm glad I'm, I mean I I made it eventually, but I think if I had put myself out there more, it it would have happened, you know, in a more fun way. Yeah, no, super <laughs> yeah. helpful, super helpful. Well,、yeah. Sarah, I really appreciate you making the time to chat today.、Uh, Canny is one of my favorite companies to follow, and your leadership and your background and your story is as inspiring as they come. So, I really appreciate you making the time, Sarah. Thanks so much, Eric. That was fun. Thanks for chatting. Awesome. Have a good one. <laughs> you too. See you. Bye. Bye.